welcome to this week's episode of the Audio Know How podcast with me, Ethan Ramsey. So this week we're talking about clashing sounds and finding out the 10 different techniques that I use. So what I mean by clashing sounds is two elements in a track that are really sitting on top of each other and can't clearly be defined as two separate elements. You can hear them, but you can't quite make out what is going on in that frequency range, and it's really crowdy and almost muddy in that area. And you want it to be clear and open and to be able to define all the separate elements in the mix. And you're just stuck with these two elements and you don't know what to do. So I have my 10 different techniques I use, and these might work for you. These are ones that I always try and use when I'm stuck with two elements that really aren't separating in the mix. So rule number one is make it louder. And I know this sounds obvious, but it is very overlooked. And when we're overthinking in our mixes, we don't realize things like this, things as easy as this can really help. So if you have two elements and they're sitting on top of each other, make one stand out more. And the easiest way to do that is make one of them louder. Moving on, technique number two is side chaining. So when we think of side chaining, the most obvious form of side chaining is side chain compression. But I don't only mean sidechain compression. This is great for moving a kick and bass out the way. So when the kick is pumping, it's sidechaining the bass and it's moving those frequencies out of the way by ducking the bass down. And this allows both elements to have the same frequency range in the track without conflicting. But if, for example, you're doing a mix and it's a nice jazz track with a double bass and some drums, you don't want the kick to be making the double bass pump. This is a lovely soft jazz track. You don't want a pumping effect. It's not a dance track. So maybe using things like sidechain filtering or sidechain EQing just to softly move those frequencies out the way without getting a pumping effect is a lot more effective in those genres. And rule number three is panning and stereo spreading. So by doing this, you keep one element mono and in the middle, and then you pan the other one to the sides or spread it in some way. Or both elements can be panned left and right so they have their own space. And when doing this, you need to be very careful. So firstly, don't just hard pan them left, right. Figure out where they need to be in the panning spectrum. And they have to be at the same level so your mix isn't heavy on one side, left or right. Now, if you're not sure on this, I would definitely use a meter that shows you the balance of left, right. It's always handy to do because you don't trust your ears and knowing your ears is key because, for example, I know I, my left ear is my bad ear and things will sound quieter in my left ear. I just know that because I know my ears by now. It's the slightest difference, but it really does help just sometimes relying on a balance meter to just check it over. And also when throwing things out to the sides, you need to be aware that it might still be sitting on top of each other, those two elements in mono. So you need to check that. An easy fix is to throw them out to the sides, but if it still doesn't work in mono, then you really haven't fixed the problem. So technique number four is EQing. So clear out a frequency space for each sound. So focus on a certain frequency range that each sound needs and just emphasize or take away the elements they don't need. 
Um, so an example of this is if you have two bass sounds, let's say they're two bass synths in a, in a dance track, and give one of those bass sounds the sub part, the really low sub, and maybe give the other one the bite of the bass, so maybe like that 700 hertz bite and grit. So emphasize the bite in that one, take out some of the sub, and then the other one do the reverse, and then they're going to have their own space to move around in the mix and be defined as two separate basses. Technique number five is push one of the sounds forward using compression. So this separates the two sounds by reducing the dynamic range of one of them. And this pushes that one in front of the other. So you have one of the sounds really close and in front, if you imagine it on the tip of your nose, and then the other one is just behind that. So it's not lost, it's just sitting further away from you. And that effect really brings out the element of one of them so then the other one can sit back and they can not clash with each other anymore. Uh, technique number six is give movement to one of the sounds. Um, an example of this is using a filter LFO or a tremolo, for example. And by doing this, you're giving movement to one of the sounds. So the other one is more static and the other one is moving. Like, Imagine it like a walking kind of movement and it's moving around the track. So it's not constantly clashing because the frequency information or the dynamic content, if it's a tremolo, for example, is constantly moving up and down. So therefore, it's letting the other elements sit there behind it. And technique number seven is a different type of movement. So it's the same kind of movement scenario, but instead using delays. And maybe think about a stereo delay or a ping pong delay. And then this is throwing it out to the sides as well. And this will move it around the other element that it is clashing with. But again, when doing things in stereo, check that it's working in mono. Uh, technique number eight, push one of the sounds away using a reverb to make it appear further back in the mix. So you can have one element that's really dry and another element that has reverb on it. So it's further away in the mix and it can still be clearly heard. It's just not fighting on top of that sound it's clashing with. And technique number nine, make one sound dirtier than the other. And by this, I mean using a overdrive or distortion or bit crusher, something like that to really add some grit to the sound. And then if you make the other one nice and soft and gentle, even though they're in the same frequency range, one of them is going to be dirtier than the other and therefore stand out more and they're no longer going to be clashing. And now my last technique is tone matching. So this is a thing I've started using recently and I found it's fantastic when a vocal is really clashing with guitars or with a piano or any kind of keys. And when you have, for example, big wide double track guitars, they really get in the way of the frequency ranges of some vocals. And EQing them just at, with a normal EQ can sometimes take the brightness out of the, of the guitar that you need because they are in the same frequency range. So by using tone matching EQs, this is listening to the exact frequency content and the tone of the vocal and taking it out in EQ. So the FabFilter Pro-Q2 has this setting and you set a sidechain input. It will listen to the vocal, for example, tell you the tonal qualities of the vocal, and then you can take those exact qualities away 
from the guitar so therefore it's not clashing in the exact spots it needs to be you're not deteriorating the guitar's sound in any way you're not sacrificing any of its brightness you're just taking it out exactly where it needs to be taken out another example of this is the plugin by Waves Factory called Trackspacer so using Trackspacer it is basically a tone matching compressor so it's sidechain compressing but it's listening to the exact frequencies it needs to compress in the exact moment so this is constantly feeding to it the audio you're feeding to it it's moving out the way on the audio you want it to take away from and if you have two clashing sounds this will instantly fix the problem now it doesn't always work because then it's going to give some kind of compression and movement to it but with guitars and vocals for example it always works for me it's a very good way when something's clashing and you really don't know what to do and they're in the same frequency range and you don't want to sacrifice any of it track spacer is a great way of fixing it and my final piece of advice is combine all of these 10 techniques in small amounts with clashing sounds and make sure you can have all the elements in your mix to be heard clearly separately so your mix is nice and open and nothing is sitting on top of each other so all of these techniques in small amounts when needed are the key to getting rid of your clashing sounds i hope you've enjoyed this episode with me ethan ramsey this is audio know-how and don't forget to check out my social media ask me any questions you have and any ideas for further episodes so thanks for listening and goodbye